And in writing this book, I found myself going, well, Shazam. I have known Jesus for 40, almost 50 years, okay? Wow. I still don't believe God loves me. I don't. What is the matter with me? And, and, and the bottom line is, and the subtitle of this book is Seeing Yourself as God Sees You. Hello, beautiful. Seeing yourself as God sees you. The reality is, is we can't see ourselves the way God sees us, beautiful, unless we understand how he thinks about us. And the way he thinks about us is he loves us. You're listening to episode 89 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. Today, I'm chatting with Elisa Morgan. Now, Elisa was um, president and CEO of Mops for several, several years, and now she is president emerita, and she is a co-host at Discover the Word, a radio show. You can find it at discovertheword.com. Now, Elisa's on the show today because she has written a new book, and it comes out September 29th. It's titled, Hello, Beautiful, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it and another one of her books, The Beauty of Broken. I am hopeful that this conversation will lift your chin if you are feeling discouraged, if you are believing lies about your worth and your value, and if you really struggle to see yourself as God sees you. He believes you're beautiful. He loves you so much, and uh, Elisa and I want you to know that deeply. So enjoy this conversation. I have a few things to mention after the show, so stick around for the end. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Elisa. Welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather. I am so excited to be with you, really. Really. And we have conquered technology. Mm -hmm. And you're in your closet, and I'm in my basement. It's and you're awesome. in your basement, and we are just ourselves, as our beautiful selves. And I, mean, um, I told Elisa, I am so excited for y'all to hear what she has to say today because you'll you'll see, you'll see, you'll see this. From what I know of you listening, and from what I know of women in general, and mm-hmm. having prayed with you, and having ministered with you, mm-hmm. um, we have we have a hang up. <laughs> we mm-hmm. have something holding yeah. us back, and we can be serving the Lord, and this can be holding us back. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into all that, I think I love for my guests to introduce everyone to your family. So, Alisa, would you introduce us to your family? I have a great family. Um, we're we're in an older season of life now, which is awesome. I love that. <laughs> um, my daughter is thirty one and is married to a fabulous dude about ten years older than her, and they have eleven and a half year old Marcus and ten month old Dominic, and it is. So fun to have that season. And my son is uh, 29, and he's married to Hillary just about a year now. They're awesome. And my husband is the best. And we have been married 36 years. Wow. And you don't need to know how old he is. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we're we're a messy group. We have been through this, that, and the other, and the worst, and back. We're broken but beautiful. Uh, We've been through, you name the issue, it's been on our doorstep or in our closets or under the table with the dog. It's been everywhere. And, you know, I I really am grateful for all that God's allowed me to experience. It has not been fun, but it's made me who I am and it's made them who they are. And so we're still, I call it gooey in the middle. You know, you put a toothpick in it, 
in us and pull it out and it's like a little ew, you know, let's put yeah. that back in a little bit longer. Little bit that's, longer. that's, that's us. That's us. We're not done. If we were done, we'd be dead, but we are still <laughs> finding our way. And that's good. Well, I, um, you know, when it was Alexandria, Alexandra that told me about you. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I looked up and I was like, oh, she was in charge of mops for how many years? Yeah. 20. 20 I know, years. And it's still alive. Isn't that stunning? <laughs> yeah. And that I, is the most fun organization. It is the best. I'm a big fan of mops. Awesome. Were you in it? Yeah. And I was on steering and yay. yeah, I was really slow. I was a slow adopter, but I, uh, (laughs) I think I was in my final two kids before I did it, but, uh, a huge fan of how it ministers to moms at their lowest point. So if y'all are listening and you've never heard of mops or you've kind of been on the sidelines of whether you should join, it's a place where moms who have gotten to the end of themselves can find hope and encouragement and support and friendship and those early years of kids. And I always thought preschoolers meant like three-year-olds, but it's not right. anyone before school. Yeah, infancy through kindergarten. And it's also great if you're a little frustrated and want to use some leadership skills. Yeah, It's kind of low-key during that season when you feel like you can't add one more thing because yes. it ministers to you. For the women yeah. who've, had, who've given up maybe careers or they're very – God's gifted them in unique ways and they want to use those gifts, um, it's a good place and outlet yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, in ministry. Okay. So she told me and I was like, oh, wow, she must be holier than thou, like amazing mom to have <laughs> led mops. Yeah. Um, you so would was, think that the board would be smart <laughs> enough to hire somebody like that, but no, they didn't get somebody like that. No. And then I, you know, so then I got your book and I was like, so just breathing deep sighs of relief. I was like, oh, she's admitting like things weren't like exactly perfectly in order. That's and, right. And that was That's right. And you're for the better. Because yeah, you know, I, I really did freak out when the call came to consider being that first president of Mops because I thought, I'm not all that in a little bag of chips. I'm a mess. Yeah. But, you know, through extra therapy, which I immediately doubled up on, and tons of prayer, you know, I began to see that God really wanted to use my deficits as my mm-hmm. offering. I come from a broken family. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad both struggled with alcohol. They were divorced. It was just a mess. And my kids are adopted and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, God just said, look around at all the other moms out there with their kids climbing out of the grocery carts. They're just like you, just minister from your holes to their holes. You know, it's mm. not that complicated. And so I really, in the 20 years I served there, I pretty, my platform was vulnerability and honesty. And, you know, it really worked. We don't want to follow after somebody who's all that. You know, it just is intimidating. We want to be with somebody who gets life like us. Yeah. So we just did life together. It was a neat season. And you wrote a book about that, a memoir about all your broken places and your holes and what tell everyone the name of that book that's called the beauty of broken my story and likely yours too and it really is i come from a broken family and despite my very best efforts you know i thought well i know jesus i can build a perfectly intact second family right and despite my very best efforts guess what I still come from a broken family. My second family fell and broke through issues like teen pregnancy and addiction and all kinds of stuff that are issues, legal issues and blah, blah, blah. And it's in there. And, you know, I've just come to understand it's not the death of me. It really isn't. It's the betterment of me. And I don't say that lightly. It is not something I want everybody to go through. But you know what? We all hide our junk in closets. And, you know, we think everybody else is out there having Bible study with their children. They're not. They're yelling. They're watching The Bachelorette. They're doing everything <laughs> you're doing. And and they, they're going, where's Jesus? And you're like, I know. 
So I think it's time to raise the curtain, open the blinds, and go, this is real life. And Jesus is right here in it with us. So amazing. I hope y'all are just like, yes, okay. <laughs> Identify yeah. with everything. You already love Elisa, don't you? You just do. Yeah. yeah. And so this new book, I, I felt like the title was deceptive. Because really? I thought, I thought, oh, this will be a nice, sweet little It's a, you know fluffy. what it is? I, I thought it was going to be fluffy. Good. I have to admit yeah. it. And it's called Hello, Beauty Full. And it is the gospel in a way that women hear. Mm, because I need it preached to myself every day that mm. there is nothing I can do to earn God's love and is not his goal that I ever earn it. Mm. And that he is okay. pursuing me. He is pursuing me and he just wants me to recognize I'm loved. Like just this as is, I am. Yay! It's so freeing. And, you know, I just blogged on this uh, a day or two ago. To say, I just submit a brand new blog on this topic. You know, really, what else do I have to say? It's right here. I wrote yeah. the whole thing. You're like, anyway, I wrote the whole book, but I got to summarize it in 500 words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, what I was realizing is I'm just going to say this. I'm 60 years old. And in writing this book, I found myself going, well, Shazam. Mm. I have known Jesus for 40, almost 50 years. Okay. Wow. (laughs) I still don't believe God Mm. loves me. Mm. I don't. Mm. What is the matter with me? And mm. and and the bottom line is, and the subtitle of this book is Seeing Yourself as God Sees You. Hello, beautiful. Seeing yourself as God sees you. The reality is, is we can't see ourselves the way God sees us, mm. beautiful, mm-hmm. unless we understand how he thinks about us. And the way he thinks about us is he loves us. And, you know, if you're like me listening, you're going, oh, well, that's so sweet. You know, I learned that in Sunday school. Yeah, Jesus that loves me. That sounds really neat. Okay. okay, great. It's just wonderful. Thank you. But, it, you know, it makes no difference when it just like slides off you. And then you think to yourself, well, okay, let me think about that a little bit deeper. And you start thinking, you go, well, not me. You know, I, I'm way too selfish. I know what I do behind the closed doors of my home. You know, I struggle with this and this. You know, I talk about it. I eat too many Doritos. I drink too much wine. I watch too many episodes of The Bachelorette. You know, I yell at my kids. I call my husband a baby. Don't do that. You know, kind of, don't, don't call don't, your husband a baby. Don't, okay, yeah. Okay, we learned that from you today. Never mind. Yeah, Note to self. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that. So we throw up all these objections and say, well, God couldn't possibly love me. Mm. And if he doesn't love me, he surely doesn't see me as beautiful you know, 96% of women worldwide, get that, 96% of women worldwide, a Dove survey showed, would never use the word beautiful to describe themselves, ever. And that is including even those of us who know Jesus and, and are changed by his love. We would never use the word. And and I think this whole issue is that we get so whacked out is that we think beautiful is some kind of full-figured, full-lipped, perfect Miss America, Miss Universe kind of deal instead of understanding the true identity that it is for us. And here's the thing. I think that God sees us through Jesus. Yeah. He sees us pre-fall mm-hmm. and post-resurrection. He sees us the way he originally made us before we slid down into a hole. And he sees us the way Jesus made us because of his death for us. You know, when Jesus dipped down into the Jordan River and came back up and God looked at him and said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. 
he's basically said that dude is beautiful. And this is my daughter, Elisa, and whom I'm well pleased. This is my daughter, Heather, and whom I'm well pleased. Insert name here. This is. Insert name. Yeah. And and that's how he sees us as beautiful. Mm. And, you know, it's a radically different approach. You know, the first part of the book, the book is in three parts, Hello, Beautiful. The first part is really about, can we get over ourselves? Um, Not in a slappy way, in a loving, endearing way. Can we learn to love ourselves the way God does? And then the second part of the book are five elements of beauty that include your body, but they're also more that. And then the last part of the book is really the whole concept of full. Why do we settle for empty when God came to give us life to the full? Hello, you know? Um, so tell me where you want to go with this, Heather. Well, okay. So the first part, hello. The first part, hello. And, um, oh, you get into the hiss, mm. the lies, the lies, the how we see ourselves, the believing what Satan speaks over us. And I honestly think so many of us are trapped there Mm -hmm. that we can't even hear the voice of God saying, I'm pleased. Like, it's like, he's like saying it like I'm Heather, I'm pleased with you. And we like, our ears are full of other phrases. I need to work harder. Not enough. Oh, he saw that. He's disappointed in me. I mean, we, cannot even hear his voice over the sounds of the hiss. And that's what you call them, the hisses. Mm -hmm. One illustration that popped me on this topic, um, I was actually reading to my grandson, who was three at that time, out of Sally Lloyd-Jones, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Mm -hmm. Great book for your kids. And the very beginning, it starts out in this very winsome language of, you know, God created the earth and these fun orange globes and then hello kitty and hello (laughs) dolphins. And it was so fun. But as she then tells the story of creation and then of the fall, basically the way she expressed it is, is that the serpent hissed to Adam and Eve, you know what? God isn't letting you eat everything in this garden. He must not love you. Mm. And that really grabbed me when I realized that's the source of the hiss. That's the source of the lie. God doesn't love you. Mm. And that's what I listen to day in, day out. When I get up in the morning and pat into my mirror, when I brush my teeth, when I go in to make my coffee, by the time I've lost it over some assignment I missed on my computer, and then I'm talking to my daughter, I'm listening to God doesn't love you. And I'm all I can hear is that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I realized as I'm processing through my day, I have a choice. Am I going to listen to this great hiss or am I going to tune my ear into the the great God who says, I do love you. I love you so much that I stretch my arms out on a cross to die for you. That's how much I love you, mm-hmm. Elisa, Heather, listener. I, I love you that much. And it's a really subtle, stinky hiss. But the lie slithers through our days and condemns us all the time over and over again when God's so beyond it and has welcomed us into the redemption of becoming who we already are in Jesus. And I think there's a, having talked to women and um, even knowing where that hiss can come from for me is sometimes in our childhood, something happens, events for some people, abuse, neglect, a divorce, like you'd mentioned for your parents, an alcoholic mom, um, the images you share in your book of you, you know, getting the co- getting her breakfast ready, which was Coke and Coca-Cola chocolate chip and chocolate chip right. cookies. And um, that you 
that sometimes this hiss comes from a real place. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not just in our head. That's right. There's a lie that the, the people that God intended when he planned out his perfect world, there would be a husband and a wife and a family and and children would be loved and, and they would be souls that would be shown Christ and and then brought into mm-hmm. his glory. That, that that's We're in a broken world. So we are. None of us are ever going to be that perfect mom. So we need yeah. to release that. I'm never going right. to give my sons a perfect ex- experience of God's love. And yeah. we never are going to have it. So how do we rid ourselves of that seed that was planted in our childhood, perhaps? And, you know, it may have been done by the hand of another. Mm-hmm like you're suggesting, but it also may be some of our own, our own failures. You know, I have mistakes, choices I made that I'm not proud of. Yeah. And, and it, it, there is a, a bottom line turning of, I'm going to be in bondage to this lie for the rest of my life. And it, that really leaves us with no option truly, but self-salvation. I have to save myself. Mm-hmm. Every day I've got to get up and be better. Every day I've got to be perfect. Every day I've got to carry around the shame. Every day, it's just exhausting. Or I can start living like I'm saved, not just being saved, but living like I am. And and for those listening who maybe don't know what I'm talking about, because that's kind of churchy language, I just really mean understanding that God deeply loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us. And he knows the stuff we've done wrong, but he can see through that and beyond that because he can see us through his son. And and so, you know, maybe you want to decide to follow Jesus. Yay, go for it, girl. You know, you don't have to do life alone. You don't have to do motherhood alone. You don't have to do marriage alone. God really built you to be in relationship with him. And that just means saying, I want you in my life, Jesus Come on in. So, I, and it's a it's an ongoing. Uh, somebody used to say, becoming a Christian, following Christ, giving Being your saved, life over yeah. to God. Yeah, it's like one big yes and a thousand uh-huhs, and you mm-hmm. do that all the time. So, I think that's a big, big part of it. But Heather, I think too, in part two of the book, I think we need to understand beauty differently than we have. Um, I really think beauty is our identity. And these five elements, let me just rattle them off. The first one is voice. That's your unique personality. You're not going to be like anybody else. And God has designed your voice. You're going to share some qualities with other women in how you're just created. You're going to be an image bearer, just as are men, revealing God to our world. You're going to be a co-laborer with with men. And you're going to be an azer, which means a strong helper, a strong warrior to do your, your task on this planet. So you're going to share that with other women, but you're going to have a unique offering of how you're gifted, what you've been through. That's your unique voice. The second element is vessel. That's your physical body. And I talk about four elements of vessel, which is curve and brain and um, flesh and muscle. And, and a, a, a vessel, I use that term because it's, it's a container. You know, if you look around your bathroom counter, you're going to see a tube of toothpaste and you're going to see a, you know, a jar of cream and you're going to see a, a cup to take your pills with. You know, those, each container was built to hold something mm-hmm. so that we could have access to it. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. We were built to contain God so that others could have access to him on this planet. And that's what your vessel's about. You want to take care of it, yeah, and understand, yes, it's flesh, but it's also these other elements of brain and curve and, and muscle. Mm-hmm. Then that the third element is womb, great word, W-O-M-B, and it's really your creative potential. Yeah. For those who were with us who were 
moms, moms, women were made to, with the possibility of having children, but also with the possibility of creating more. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your offerings? Maybe you're in a mothering stage. Maybe you're not a mom, but whatever, to look at your creative potential as a mom and perhaps more, I've never been pregnant. I've never had children physically, biologically, another great irony in being the president of Mops <laughs> International. But, but something so know, many women can relate to and are probably yeah. thankful for. Yeah. 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 But, you know, when I, and I, for a long time, I thought, well, that disqualified me from any kind of valuable contribution mm-hmm. until God began to take my hand and help me see myself again the way He does. That the, I can bring forth many things as Eve did on this planet. The fourth element is, is scar. And that's our painful story. And every one of us has one, you know, whether it's a blemish, kind of a surface issue or a deep wound. We have scars. Um, broken places in ourselves. And it's super easy to believe, again, the lies that those broken places disqualify us from meaningful contribution when in fact, honestly, I believe our wounds put into Jesus' hands actually further qualify us. We understand more. And then the last element is called sway, S-W-A-Y. And and that really is your influential legacy. And I love that because we women go, oh, well, I'm not a leader. You know, I don't have any influence, but we do. And it begins from the second we're holding a baby 12 inches from our eyes and then moves out in the concentric circles around our lives. And I just think women totally need to embrace who they are in their sway. So these five elements of beauty, doesn't that kind of pop your understanding? You know, a voice, vessel, womb, scar, and sway. And I think they all build on one another because there's so many women that may desire the sway, but haven't taken the time to recognize the beauty in the other areas because it is definitely your unique personhood, not hers, not that you're trying to be better than her and influence like she does, that you, how God made you, the person he made you, the, the, the creative thing you're supposed to do is unique to you and even your your broken story is unique. So you can't jump ahead. Excellent. Thinking that I just want to be influential so people notice me cuz right. I think if you do the other steps that won't even be your desire anymore. Right. And each one of these also has seasons to it. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. going to understand our vessel in a certain way when we're 13 and going, what are these things coming out of my chest, you know, or, or why aren't they coming out of my chest? You know, you know, we're going to understand that much differently than when we're older in life and yeah. are looking at, well, where'd that come from? This little growth, this little ripple, mm. <laughs> this, this, this sag. thing. Yeah. yeah. Why does my face look like that now? So, and it's the same thing with, with our voice. It's the same thing with our scar to learn, to embrace them, to, to learn that in each stage, there is an offering that God's creating in me, not to make me less than even something like illness, even something like cancer, even devastations, that he can shape us through them and give us more to offer. Well, and I loved, I'm going to go back to your, um, the Bernard, how do you say, mm. Clairvaux? Is that how you think? Clairvaux, good job. Did you take French? No, well I did not, but okay. we'll pretend right. like I did. How he Bernard says, of- you, you love the stages of um, maturity in relation to love and self and God. I thought was awesome because I've in, in doing this whole humility, God-centered mom thing, I've looked at like self-centeredness and God-centeredness and all that stuff. So, it, so the first step is loving self for self's sake, which, you know, it's like, oh, you got to love yourself. We hear that mm-hmm. in pop culture. 
loving God for self's sake. And I have done that thinking if I just work harder, if I just am more disciplined, if I pray more, if I read the Bible more, then I'm going to yep. look better on the outside <laughs> yep. for myself. So people yeah, say, myself. good job, good job. Yeah, yeah. Then you get to the stage where like, I'm just going to love God for God's sake, for his glory alone. He deserves alone. to be loved. Yes. yes. He's yeah. created me for his glory. And then the last and final maturity is to love yourself for God's sake. Wow. That's a big, wow. Doesn't that pop? Doesn't that, that I actually honor God when I love me. Mm. That's weird, but sit and think of it. If he made us, yeah. if, if he just created us so much and he died to have a relationship with us, how does it love him when we reject ourselves? Mm-hmm. Not just him. How does that mm-hmm. honor him? Yeah. Instead to go, oh, you love me this much. Okay, I'm going to love me that much too. Wow, that changes my world. Absolutely yeah. changes my world. And when I, when I decide to love myself the way he loves me, then I can see myself the way he sees me, yeah. which is beautiful. And move forward. How many of us are stuck trying to earn the love and all of our actions and all of our conversation and all of our emotional tantrums are, are all because we, we are, are in that journey of trying to earn the love. Yeah. Which is exhausting. Exhausting. And impossible. Yeah. And we spend all of our energy there. And therefore, because we can't do it, we listen to that hiss again and we self reject. And then again, you're left with only option is self-salvation. And I'm sorry, I'm just not that great on the cross. I am just (laughs) not that good. I'm not the Messiah. Yeah. There's another word, self-righteous, right? Which is Pharisees. And I don't really, I don't think Jesus had a big fondness for them. Yeah, if, if I remember right. correctly, he he rejected that <laughs> idea. And I, I love all the people you quote in the book. Um, I'm so thankful that you quoted mystics because whatever. I'm, yeah, I believe you're one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I love the Holy Spirit. And if that puts me in that camp, I know there's some mystics maybe I don't agree with, but I do believe in the Trinity. So yeah. I believe that there were people centuries ago that connected with God in a way that the church wasn't comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you quote them, and I love that you quote Brene Brown, yeah, because shame is so mm-hmm. paralyzing. Mm-hmm. And this phrase, so shame, Jesus died on the cross, so shame might be killed, and shame can kill us no more. Oh. Power. Amen. You know what? I want to take us to a specific scripture yeah. that has absolutely revolutionized women's lives. It's Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse ten. Okay. And what's so powerful about it? Let me just read it here. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Okay, let's just unpack that. Godly sorrow. I'm really sorry. I messed up. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that word. You know, Should've I yelled at my kids. Shouldn't have lost control. I shouldn't have run that red light. I'm really sorry. Okay. Yeah. Godly sorrow leads to what? Repentance. I'm sorry. Yeah. Which leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Okay. It's done. I'm sorry. I turn around from it. I go the other direction. I'm freed. Okay. No regret. But the last part of it, but worldly sorrow brings death. Worldly sorrow. Mm-hmm. Guess what worldly sorrow is? Shame. 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 And it's just this, you can't ever do it right. You are a loser. Give up on yourself. Forget about it. You're worse than everybody else. You ran that red light. You said that bad word. You yelled at your kids. You'll never be different. You'll never be different. And it leads to death. 
Whereas godly sorrow leads to change. And that's the most enormous shift. Um, And I I never realized how much shame ruled me until I I just started paying attention. You know, I'd go into a room and I'd self-criticize. I don't look good compared to them. Mm -hmm. Or I'd, I'd ask for something I needed. I remember my pastor, I had a meeting with him and I was saying, could I maybe help out in this area? And he walked me out the door and he said, now, Elisa, when you get in the car, you're going to start hearing inside yourself. You shouldn't have asked for that. Mm. Dismiss it. No matter what the answer is, dismiss it. You have the right to ask. I mean, you start listening inside your head to this hiss. It's all about shame. Mm -hmm. Someone told me if it's an I statement, and I don't know if this is totally true, but they told me if it's an I statement, it's probably the enemy. If it's a you statement, it's from the Lord. I'm never going to get it right. I'm never going to this. I'm not, I'm, 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 but Jesus says you are loved. You are precious. You, uh, you are favored, you know, hear it and shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. You know what? And and take it even further. Mm -hmm. Those shut it down, shut them down. And then hear the, you are, and turn those into eyes. Because when you hear, you know, God loves you, that's powerful. But when you hear, I love you, Heather, Mm -hmm. straight first person. God to you. I love you, Jasmine. I love you, Debbie. I love you, Samantha. I love you, Yolanda. I love you. Mm-hmm. Straight from God to you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that changes your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you make a good point going back to the godly sorrow versus shame. God is a God of conviction, not condemnation. Mm-hmm. And the key that I've found through this prayer group I'm a part of is, is, is confessing, but not stopping there, accepting the forgiveness in that moment so Satan can't get a foothold. Because otherwise we can just sit in that place of confession mm-hmm. and yeah, that's yucky. That's not what then he planned. Go anywhere. No, just move right. on. Move on. Yeah. It's forgiven. He already died yes. on the cross. You don't have to die on the move cross on. too. Like That's right. That's it's already right. been taken care of. It's so, <laughs> so, so good. I'm looking at my notes. Um, Oh. Jesus died to set us free, you yeah. know, not to put us back under the weight. Yeah. Well, if if uh, if there was one hope you had for women, <laughs> one hope, that's all you get, one hope. <laughs> okay. One thing you could say, like, that they really understand, um, what would it be? Any last words of encouragement? I feel like this whole thing has been so encouraging. I think um, to try this out, to go to your bathroom window – Go to your bathroom mirror. Yeah. Every single day, look at yourself eyeball to eyeball and say, hello, beautiful. And imagine God saying that exactly to you. How might that shift your whole understanding of who you are? Mm. You know, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. You know, th- this book is, is broken up into three parts with lots of chapters. And there are seven video teachings that oh, okay. will be live when the book comes out on September the 29th. They'll be on my website for free. Yay! Wow. With this, yeah, with uh, download discussion questions. So you can unpack this material in a book, just alisamorgan.com. Um and you can un- unpack this material in a discussion group. All you need is the book, and then you can, you know, view these videos. And I think give yourself permission to go on this beautiful journey. It's not going to happen overnight. We didn't get ugly as we think we are overnight. You know, we it took years for us to get as distorted as we are. And so there is this wooing of a God inviting us back into how he sees us to, you know, say, get around and look at yourself through my eyes. And that mm-hmm. takes a while. But that's, that'd be what I would encourage people to do. Dig deeper. Get involved. There's uh, discussion questions at the end of every chapter, too, you can do by well, yourself. Well, and not just discussion questions, because that's a traditional Bible, you know, book. Right. I like how you 
did it where it was activities, even simple ones like look up um, the painting of the prodigal son hmm. and consider which character you see yourself as. I was just reading the stories to my boys in carpool line yesterday, and my six-year-old said uh, he was blown away. And I mean, I speak this over him so much, but he was still blown away that God loves us with our bad choices, that his father accepted him fully, even though he'd done all the wrong. He said, no, that's not true. No, he has to, he has to, he's got to be angry at him. He he just couldn't grasp this concept. I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm I'm with you. I cannot grasp this concept. But to sit there with that painting, like uh, Nguyen, 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 Nguyen did, and just really see yourself in it. That's a, that's a practical task as people reform, Mm -hmm. renew their minds, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, inviting God into it. I'd say doing it with others is helpful so that, you're kept accountable to keep yeah, the journey and I going. Think too, I, I've just noticed, um, this is the back to the blog that I just wrote. I did this Hello Beautiful to myself in the mirror. But you know what? When you do that with a friend, mm. when you take turns going up to a mirror and you watch each other and you see your friend's face behind you watching you, mm. there is this multiplied reflection mm. of how God sees you because you see you see the face of, of your friend behind mm-hmm. you and you know she loves you mm-hmm. or, or your husband or your daughter or, you know, somebody. But to be in that relationship and, and do that together is a powerful thing. Well, and I want to say one more thing. Uh, you've talked about the first section, hello, and the second beauty. The full part is a key part. It's one chapter, but it's it is. powerful that you don't stop with hello, beauty. Yes. And right. and really the whole concept there is that we are to live to the brim, you know, right up to the top, not just have a sip, mm-hmm. but, you know, Jesus said, I came to give you life to the full abundant mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And he meant it. He didn't mean we just needed a sip and that was enough. He meant to the full sloshing, splashing, toppling over, trickling over everybody else so that, yeah, they want what we have, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. I want that full life too. So it's the last chapter is why are we settling for empty when God came to give us life to the full? And I really look at our reasons. You know, we think, well, I just deserve empty. And, you know, empty is so much more familiar and comfortable to be empty. And, oh, empty is greedy. It's like for Kim Kardashian and George George Clooney. It's not for me. You know, and to really go, what's the matter with me? You know, we really can be full. That we need to be like monks, just like whipping ourselves in the corner (laughs) to be godly is not because if if joy is from the Lord— and we're full of the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit is coming, and everyone around us is not sensing our beauty because of our new surgery we had, but because of <laughs> like Him coming out of us, like you're saying, and spilling out of us. I find that these um, some personalities, Christian personalities that people are attracted to, the Ian Voskamp's, it's because the Holy Spirit is spilling out of them. That's right. That's right. And that is what you're drawn beautiful. to. And he is amazing. You're made in his image. And so I think, um, yeah, make that your, make the goal be that you lose the shame, recognize that it's gone, discover what true beauty is and be full to overflowing. I mean, such a good message, Elisa. Oh, I I pray really, I pray God's favor on it and that women's lives are freed because of it. I know that's what he wants for them. Well, and thank you for being brave and sharing all the dark parts of yep. your story. That's yep. not easy yep. to do, but it, it makes you feel like a go- girlfriend as we're reading. <laughs> Good. I'm so, <laughs> so, yeah, we need to know we're not alone. It's awesome. It's Good. awesome. It's awesome. Thanks for talking to me. Of I love it. Of course. Of course. We'll have you on again. All right. Okay. Thanks, Elisa. Bye. Bye. Aren't you wild about her? 
Oh, I tell you, normally I don't do video when I do interviews. I just um, talk voice to voice, like on a phone. But we did video because uh, she said she wanted to see me. And oh, y'all, just kindred. I, I really, really love her heart. I love her vulnerability, her authenticity. Her book just, I mean, it breathes real. It's not um, fluffy theology or uh, a bunch of just feel-good stories. This is like real rubber meets the road. How do we believe God loves you, loves us? And um, I don't know. I think, I think she's going to help a lot of women be free. And I wanted to mention um, a couple things. One, if you do have one of those deep seeds, uh, something that's holding you back from your past, a memory, uh, a place, and a place of a deep-seated emotion that a lot of your negative thoughts come from, I wanted to remind you to go back and find the episode from Francie Winslow. Um, I'm pretty sure it's episode four for, on the God Center Mom podcast. Um, in that episode, Francie talks about freedom and prayer and it's good stuff if you've never considered that. And then um, I also want to let you all know, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you may remember me interviewing Vicki Craft. And uh, I think I did two episodes on here. I split up the interview into two episodes. And I just wanted to let you all know that she is with Jesus now. She has um, passed away and she was ministering all the way up uh, to the end. And um, really, we're just so thankful for her. We're thankful that we can go back to that episode and listen to her voice and um, I just, I just wanted to let you guys know. And, um, if you haven't listened to that episode, I would go back just to be encouraged and for her wisdom that it, it's not wasted. I mean, her ministry is just exponential going to her memorial service, listening to people she has ministered to a lot of whom are my mentors. Um, there's exponential impact from her life and may we be such. I also discovered that, um, her parents were Syrian immigrants. Now, I know you know the whole crisis that's going on in Syria. Her her parents came over here from Syria, and they owned a grocery store. And little did they know that she would go on to go to seminary, to minister, and just have the impact that she's had is just incredible when we think of how we can welcome one into our country or into other countries and the impact we could have um, for the kingdom. Also wanted to thank you again for your reviews. Oh, my stars. Unbelievable. I mean, so many new people are finding the podcast because of reviews you have left. Um, Indie Gal 2, thank you. Um, I'm so glad it's been uplifting and practical. And yeah, you're listening while you're doing dishes and folding laundry and exercising. That's like when I listen to my podcasts, uh, other people's podcasts that I listen to. And um, Alex Hartle, um, Yes, it is. The Bible is universal and it's not just for moms. And I'm so glad that although you don't have children right now, that you are seeing that God's truth is universal. So thank you both for leaving reviews. And if you've left a star review, thank you for those. And um, I just hope y'all can truly grasp the depth of God's love for you, how wide, how deep, how far, how far reaching it is that it goes beyond anything you've done, anything you could do. There's nothing you could do that he would love you more. There's nothing you could do that he would love you less. You are loved deeply by the creator of the universe. So go forward in that knowledge. Talk to you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. 
I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.